0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, it is I, your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, John L., and I'm back at it again with another set of these movies that I've watched so far in the month of April. So uh, today we're towards the tail end of the month of April. I've actually haven't watched many movies this month due to my uh, work schedule and how, uh, just how tired my body's felt, uh, to be quite honest with y'all. Um, but at the end of the day, I have, um, tried to keep up and I've watched a few films this month. So I want to talk about those films. Uh, so first things first, uh, if you guys weren't aware, I have definitely, um, changed the format of the podcast going forward. I will be reviewing multiple films in one recording. Uh, So we'll be covering another, if I am not mistaken, four films this particular uh, time as well. So that's going to be my goal, four films per recording. Uh, Now going forward, uh, please, as always, continue to listen. Thank you for your support Um, from around the globe. It does mean a lot to me. Uh, But let's get into it, folks. Let's get into it. So as per the calendar, because I always mark it on my calendar when I watch movies what days, what times, and things of that nature uh, back on uh, April 15th was the first movie I saw this month in April, because I cancelled a ton of movies just off of how I felt physically, how busy my work schedule was, and things of that nature April 15th, I saw the Super Mario Brothers movie um, in Dolby at my local amc and to say folks that this movie was nothing less or short of entertaining entertaining is an understatement folks this movie was an hour and 32 minutes the synopsis is as follows with help from Princess Peach Mario gets ready to square off against the all-powerful Bowser to stop his plans from conquering the world simple as that This movie is for the Nintendo Super Mario Brothers loving folks and uh, consumers and movie watchers and video game players of the world. This movie is not intended to be uh, some sort of an Oscar winning movie. This movie was never intended to be uh, something that had this 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 over expanding overarching storyline. The Super Mario Brothers games have never been. Um, games that have had very deep and or intricate stories ha- they, Super Mario Brothers games have always just been fun to play uh, you go from beginning to end, Easter eggs, uh, killing the Koopas, trying to defeat Bowser uh, uh, saving the princess, uh, finding friends along the way, that's always been the Mario way and that is exactly what the movie brought to us as fans and the fans and the people have spoken, right? Uh, as per Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the audience scored ten thousand plus to verif, ten thousand plus verified fans in the audience. Ninety six percent positive, folks. Ninety six percent positive. Two hundred forty eight movie reviewers have it at a fifty nine percent. The critics can go to hell with this particular movie. They really, really can. Um, because it's a kid and family comedy animated movie made for the video game loving or Mario loving fan. This isn't supposed to be top shelf cinema. This is supposed to be a fun time at the movie theater. And this is exactly what this movie was. Bar none. Go out. Watch the Super Mario Brothers movie. Continue to add to its powerful reign right now. Uh in in the space right now in the u.s box office is at 353.2 million uh from what i know it's almost at a billion dollars worldwide in the cinemas and uh uh, across the globe so continue to add to that folks because this movie is just so fun it's a fun time at the movie theaters take your kids with you uh if you've ever played mario uh from 8-bit nes days to super nintendo days n64 the freaking gamecube to the wii the wii u now where, where we're at i'm staring at my freaking switch right now <laughs> and um super mario brothers is, is 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 just an unbelievably fun movie folks it's it's very enjoyable uh, big props to chris pratt for voicing mario anya taylor joyce princess peach was great uh charlie day did a great job as luigi jack black as bowser is king Peaches, 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 Jack Black did a tremendous job uh, with that particular song and his rendition and just playing Bowser. Uh, That was amazing. Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong was cool, too, man. Keegan-Michael Key did a hell of a job uh, with the voicing Toad. Mario, such a great, great computer animated uh, film. An hour and 32 minutes, folks, you won't be disappointed. It's just a fun time at the movie theater. Forget the critic drivel. It is not made for top shelf high art. It is not that. It's just a fun time at the movies. Enjoy it because that's what it's made for. The Super Mario Brothers movie. That is my take on to the next one. So April 17th, which is a Monday, last Monday, as a matter of fact, um, I did a double feature. I said to myself, I wanted to watch this movie Bo is Afraid new A24 film, directed by Ari Aster because the trailer spoke to me and I said to myself, man, this seems like a wild ride, right? This seems like a movie that's up my up my alley I'm going to step into the arena at the Rotten Tomatoes sector of this real quick so as of right now uh, the critics have it at a 69. The audience scores at 72. So more or less even, right? This this movie is three hours long, folks. Uh, I'm going to come out on the, fr- on, on, on the beginning end of this and tell you, uh, do I recommend this film? Absolutely not. No. I don't recommend Boys Afraid. The reason as to why I don't recommend Boys Afraid is because Boys Afraid is a three-hour film. That is a mind fuck and a conundrum in which you will get lost in. Um, and I can't speak for everybody. Let me not speak for everybody. Let's speak for myself. There are parts in the film where I said to myself, okay, I'm starting to get it. By the third act, Okay, so by the end of the second act, I said to myself, okay, I get this. I like this. The third act undid everything that the first two acts did for this film for me. The third act completely screwed up how I felt about this movie. It it, it made me do a complete 180. This movie is as anxiety-inducing as the point of view of the main character that we are viewing this movie through. Um, This is not a shot and or slander against folks who suffer from anxiety, because I can only imagine what people with real anxiety go through. But the, the over the topness of everything in this movie which other people in my theater found funny, uh, comedic, I didn't find comedic at all. I was trying to make sense of shit that made no sense. Um, some people think that this film is fantastic. I think that this film is very self-indulgent. I think that Ari Aster made this film for him and people like him who understand his level of comedic and his level of comedic expression and or his um his artistic sensibility let's call it that right no absolutely not for him to be given a thir- for him to be given 35 million dollars of a budget to create a film that was 3 hours long for it to be this what we got or what I got. I'm speaking for myself. Absolutely not. No way. I w- I went into this movie wanting to love this movie. I left this movie asking myself what the fuck did I just watch? What the fuck did I just watch? And I felt like I was missing something. Right? Like there are people who were la- like I said people who were laughing, people who 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 were making this movie out to be more of a comedy or a dark comedy, right? Let's 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 break this down for a bit. The um this here says comedy, drama, horror, right? That's that's how it's um that's how it's depicted within genre, right? Um the movie info or the synopsis gives you a paranoid man embarks on an epic odyssey to get home to his mother in this bold and ingeniously depraved new film from writer director Ari Oster, right? Not only is the man paranoid, but he's he suffers from anxiety. But at the same time, he creates his own world in which we don't necessarily know what's real and what's not real, right? Now, we get the points of, like, over-the-top shit that can't be real, right? A.K.A. the person who, and, or the figure, uh, of who is the father of Bo in this sense, by the end of this movie, right? That shit wasn't real. Um, How he interacted with his, uh, with the people in his broken down community. uh, That to me was not real. Um, There was so much shit in this movie that I just couldn't, that was so far fetched and not believable that it made me think, okay, maybe this is the point of the movie. To make people understand that someone who is very paranoid and has a has uh, has anxiety, has has a very far fetched, uh, unreal uh, perspective of how the real world works and or how they perceive it. But then to me, it was like, but wait a minute. There were so many moments in the in the movie where it was like they, they felt grounded, but then they immediately went to the far fetched shit. And it was like, all right, so this is really a mis- a miss, a mismatch. Of what's going on but at the same time to me that's where i understood it was like okay so this person has anxiety they're paranoid it makes sense for them to have this mismatch but it but then to me it was like it wasn't even anxiety inducing it was more of the if this is how a person really lives if this is if this is someone's real perspective this this high-end imaginative sensibility to escape the, the real world but then at the same time when the real world does take effect it's so short lived. It's like I don't even like for me. I would have landed on man. I I I I feel sad for this person, but like the way that Ari Aster wrote this and the way he he breathed he he breathed life into it, it didn't make me feel bad and or sad for this person. It was just more or less like, what the fuck, dude. Like you're out here, you're getting help. There's a ther- there's a therapist part in this. You're out here. You're getting help. You have a therapist. You're you're on all this fucking medication, but yet you're still fucked. So what does that say, right? So what does that say? And I was a John Ellie, how, how dare you say something like that about people with anxiety? I'm not saying that about people with anxiety. I'm saying about I'm saying that about this character written by Ariaster. Like, dude, what the fuck are you trying to say? Like I'm sure that there are people in the world who live with paranoia and anxiety, who don't even remotely reflect this sort of uh, this this sort of behavior. So, but you're 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 giving us this particular depiction, uh, I guess from 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 a fictional standpoint, right? Just for the sake of making a movie, but it's like make it make sense though, right? The story is. He's paranoid, he's neurotic, he's, ang- he's, he's anxiety-filled. He has this shitty-ass relationship with his mother. But from the for the first two acts of the movie, we're made to believe that his mother, either one, didn't exist, or two, was dead. Then by the end of it, she turns out to be this villainous, rich lady who basically um, exiled him in some way or fashion. And then he was. <laughs> by the end of it all, I think I don't know. This is this is my interpretation of it. By the end of it all, it was more of. He, he, was then faced with the court of public opinion. It was like he was on trial for how shitty of a son he was to his mother, and it's like how. And then for me, while watching this, he's sitting in a boat in in, in, in this in this man made. Uh, I don't know. Let's let's call it a dam, right? But, but it was also it, let's call it let's call it the, the the center of a dam. But at the same time, this particular center of a dam reflects um this look uh, this audience uh, looking down upon him, like the scene in Gladiator uh, in the, in the days of the Colosseum, right? He was he was the one being spectated on, and he was the main focal point about how shitty of a son he was and how bad of a son he was to his to his mother, but his mother treated him like complete garbage. And it's like how did we get from the beginning of this movie where we're coming to understand that this man lives with all these um with all these uh social anxieties and 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 and, and uh mental hurdles that he goes through. Go through this 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 tale, this 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 story of Of him making all these things up in his head to get through his day-to-day to to then end up where this all began, I guess? This all started or stems from his relationship with his his shitty-ass relationship with his mother. And then it's like, he he still doesn't want to answer for it. And... I got left with, you know, for movie creators, for 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 content creators, for for filmmakers and stuff like that. This is great because it's like, well, damn, I can actually get somebody to give me enough money to fund my film, no matter what kind of a film it is, and I can actually have it uh, put out wide into a, in, 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 into theaters, without it necessarily making any sense. And to me, that, that yet again, this is my this is my perspective. This movie made no sense. Uh, the grotesque shit that 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 he had here with the horror and 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 whatnot, and um, the his 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 uh, I guess Ari Aster's freaking fascination uh, uh, with penises or whatever the case is, and and big balls. I I don't know. That 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 left me kind of like uh, what the fuck, and then. Um, like people, like he thought that the world around him was basically controlled by people who worked for his mother, that everyone around him who had anything to do with trying to help him ultimately were trying to help him because his mother was trying to control him. And to me, I was like, yeah, I don't feel bad for you, bro. Um, you have a controlling ass mom. Learn how to deal with that shit. Um. But then it's 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 really to the specter of, well, maybe all that control is what led to all this led to all this paranoia and anxiety. You might be absolutely right, right, to give you that um, perspective. But at the end of the day, the way that Ariosto made it feel, it's like it's not real perspective. He's still making up all this shit in his head to do what exactly? make himself feel better i mean he looks like complete garbage from a physical standpoint right he doesn't even take care of himself and now he's being pumped full of drugs to try to maintain some sort of mental stability when he's still mentally unstable so it just it didn't it didn't make any sense to me you know what i'm saying and 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 it's you know i can see the different perspectives like from an artistic that from from an artistic value standpoint um, the story that was being trying trying to be told through all this and, and, and whatnot, the different themes and all of it, and it's like, yeah, but it didn't add up. You're throwing too much at the wall for anything to mean anything in this movie. Um, and that's just my take on it. Uh, that's Bo is Afraid, in a nutshell for me. Sorry, folks, I, I went on a tangent there, but that that's <laughs> that's my take. Uh, with this, yet again, uh, three hours, I would not want to spend in a, in a theater watching this again. Um, maybe sometime down the road, maybe another few years from now, I'll probably watch this at home sometime to see if I can get a different perspective of it. But for right now, um, no way. No way. It's just too much. It's too much. It's sensory overload. Um, Visually, auditorily, um, mentally. Thematically, no, absolutely not. Not a recommendation. That was the first movie I saw on Monday. Uh, and then I later on that night, I went to go see a new anime film called Suzumi uh, at my Alamo draft house. And I love the fact that I went to go watch this film after Bo is Afraid because it was a complete and utter palette cleanser this is fantasy Suzumi is fantasy anime and imagination done in a light where you can understand that it's all fictional and it doesn't come from some sort of a scatterbrained train of thought this is anime you know it's fictional it's animation it's Japanese uh, super fantastical filmmaking at its finest is Suzumi. The story is easy to follow. Uh, it, is based, it, is based, it is based in its own pathos and mythos um, where you have this young girl by the name of Suzumi um, who is basically going through this adventure trying to save Japan ultimately. Here's a synopsis. 17-year-old Suzumi's journey begins in a quiet town of uh, Kayushu. Um, When she encounters a young man who tells her, I'm looking for a door. What Suzumi finds is a single weathered door standing upright in the midst of ruins as though it was shielded from whatever catastrophe struck. Seemingly drawn by its power, Suzumi reaches for the knob. Doors begin to open one after another all across Japan, unleashing destruction upon any who are near. This destruction... Uh, That is being unleashed after all these doors open are all equivalent to natural disasters, be it earthquakes, tsunamis, things of that nature. Right. Um, These doors are basically the passageways of this of this big mythical worm that once this worm escapes through these doors is when these uh, natural disasters start to occur. Right. So. Suzumi must close these portals. These doors are portals, right? Uh, the, she must close these portals to prevent further the disaster. The star, uh, the stars, the sunset, the morning sky. Within that realm, it was it was as though all time had melted together in the sky, guided by these mysterious doors. Suzumi's journey to close these doors is about to begin. She, Suzumi, uh, embarks on this journey uh, with this young man that she meets on the road. Uh, whose name is Sota. and Sota is uh, basically uh, the key holder. He is the one who's supposed to be guarding these doors and keeping these doors closed uh, so that he doesn't let this giant worm escape these, uh, these, uh, these doors through these realms so that these natural disasters don't happen all over the Isle of Japan. Like I said, folks, it's super fantastical. It's an anime. This is something that you can suspend your disbelief for, right? Um, and I thought it was very well done. I thought the animation was tremendous. Uh, the, the, the 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 sound design was amazing. Um, and the voice acting was great. Um, I watched the subtitled because I don't like dubs. I uh, never have. And this was the perfect movie to bookend. The, my, the, my day, because the movie I had seen earlier was just to me, uh, a clusterfuck of God knows what it was. Um, I recommend Suzumi to folks. I think that this is a very easy story to follow and the super fantastical f- part of Suzumi, uh, just leads to, uh, a great understanding of imagination and how you can use, um, you can say let's say uh, mythical creations of of large of large monsters and and tie them to real world things like natural disasters and things of that nature and still be and still be uh, engulfed in this in this world where you understand oh th- this cat uh Uh, the daijin he's he's more of a totem who's more representation of something that that either helps to lock and or unlock uh or or keep these particular uh monsters quelled in their in their realm so that they don't get unleashed or whatever uh so there's so many different things that are of mythical nature right but at the same time are represented in the real world as symbols in the real world. which have very interesting but linear dynamics, but you like to see the fantastical in the animation. Well, at least for me, I like to see the fantastical in the animation just to understand where's like the, the imagination and, 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 and the thought process that was put into this by the writer um, uh, who uh, and director, uh, Makoto Shinkai. It was just... It was, it was something different. It was something cool. It was something that, you know, is in line with the kind of anime that I've seen throughout my lifetime, right? Some anime is weird. Some anime is transcending. Some anime um, it has beautiful storytelling in it. Uh, some anime just has very beautiful art in it. And in this, it kind of brought all that stuff together uh, beautiful storytelling beautiful art beautiful art beautiful uh beautiful animation um great voice acting and and just the representation of uh the world today how things occur uh how or why things are caused right quote unquote uh in this world created uh, by Shinkai. and at the same time how they correlate to, to, to real life stuff or how they correlate to mythical stuff you know, uh, which just lets the imagination go wild, but in in a very surface and fun way, right? Not in a very anxiety inducing and, <laughs> and fucked up way. <laughs> um, so I'll leave it at that. But what did the Rotten Tomatoes score say? What how are the people in the critics liking this? Well, the critics the critics have spoken. This is a certified fresh. It's a ninety five percent critic rating with 104 reviews and the audience score is even better at a thousand plus verified ratings through Rotten Tomatoes um, customers and audience score reviewers is at a 98% so Suzumi do I recommend it? Hell yeah two hours two minutes awesome time at the movie theaters if you want to if you want to watch it dubbed watch it dubbed Uh, but I watched the subtitle and I thought that the fantastical and mythical elements of the movie uh, were super cool um, and creative Um. And uh, very lighthearted, which was what made watching this movie uh, a great experience. So Suzumi, go out, watch that, folks. Last movie I'll talk about here was a movie that I watched this last Saturday on the 22nd of April. Chevalier. Chevalier was a movie I was interested in from the time I watched the first trailer back in December. Why I love timepiece movies, stuff that's of the Victorian age, the Renaissance age. Uh, this, uh, this, this was was talking about the, uh, the during the period of the French Revolution. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, I was sunk in once I saw the trailer. This, this is the, uh, the synopsis, right? Inspired by the incredible true story of composer Joseph Bologna, Chevalier de Saint-Georges, the illegitimate son of an African slave and a French plantation owner, Bologna, played by Kelvin Harrison Jr., um, rises to improbable heights in French society as a celebrated violinist, composer, and and fencer, uh, complete with an ill-fated love affair and a falling out with Marie Antoinette and her court. Folks, when I tell you that this movie was everything I expected it to be and I loved it at the same time was nothing short of it met my expectations, it made me happy, it was a good movie on experience and it's exactly what I was looking for some films don't do that, Uh, like last year I watched a film uh, shoot man, Peter Dinklage was in it um, where he played Cyrano there you go, Cyrano, right? And I expected to love Cyrano because I love the book of Cyrano, de Bergerac, and everything else in between, and the play, and the movie kind of felt kind of felt flat for me. Uh, felt flat to me, and now this year watching Chevalier, <sighs> this was this 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 was just good. It was just so good <laughs> at the end of the day. Um, this is a searchlight pictures movie, uh, under the under the greater scope of of, uh, of uh, 20th century uh, studios under the, under the guise of Disney. Um, it was released uh, this past Friday, April 21st. It's an hour and 47 minutes long. Um, it was it was uh, starring Kelvin Harrison Jr. as Joseph Bologna. Uh, Samara Weaving was Mary Josephine. Uh, Lucy Boynton played Marie Antoinette. Um, uh, Ronke. Uh, Adeco Luejo played Nanon, which was the mother of Joseph of Bologna. Uh Martin Sokus played uh Montalembert. Man, what a villain that dude played. <laughs> Ruthless son of a bitch. Uh and Alex uh Fitz uh Fitz, Fitz yeah. Alex Fitz Allen uh played Philippe, who was a good friend of Joseph Bologna, uh and also a French revolutionary. Um, I thought that the movie from beginning to end had a very cohesive and linear story. Uh, it showed you uh, how much of a violin uh, virtuoso and fencing be- virtuoso uh, Joseph Bologna was and how beloved he became uh, in the eyes of Marie Antoinette. He was the queen of France uh, at that point in time and how she led him to uh, or she bestowed upon him the title of Chevalier of St. George. Uh, or St. George's, however you want to say, <laughs> things of that nature. Uh, but then he became sort of a, uh, a party trick as, as it's, as it's depicted in the movie and in the trailer. Um, and he was not necessarily respected, uh, due to the color of his skin and then his, uh, his, his evolved beliefs in how, uh, the French people were being treated at that time. And, um, how he was then directly treated at the time and people of his ilk were treated at that time. Um, and, um, how they were treated as less than, and, and things of that nature. We all know the, the unfortunate truths of how, uh, people of darker complexion have been treated throughout the world, not only in the U S but throughout the world, uh, throughout, throughout world history and things of that nature. And this movie depicted that, uh, within its own, within its own merits. Uh, but it showed, Uh, Joseph Bologna, uh, uh, rising above that and leading a charge, uh, uh, within the, within the French, uh, revolution, uh, years, uh, he led the first, uh, black infantry, uh, in the French arm in, in, within the French revolution, um, before the years in Napoleon Bonaparte when, you know, uh, monarchy took, took over again. Um, after the years, uh, when Napoleon took over France in the early 1800s, uh, the records and, or the history of Joseph Bologna were, were basically uh, done away with and eradicated, uh, because Napoleon didn't believe that people should know anything about this man. So uh, this movie was, um, created to, uh, heighten, the, the the narrative and the education that this man existed, not that these necessary events happened uh, verbatim, but more of the uh, more of the sense that um, more of the sense of uh, people of African descent participated uh, in uh, in revolutionary uh, times and other. Countries around the world, Um, and he was a very important figure during those during those times. And he did things during those times that nobody uh, would have thought that a person of his ilk could do. But obviously, we all know that that's you know people's belief in that particular regard is just a bunch of bullshit. And uh, any sort of a human being, no matter what color, race, creed, ethnicity you are, can do whatever the hell they put their minds to. So um, it is what it is in that regard. But I thought that the acting uh, in, in this film was of, uh, of great merit because everything was believable yet um, dramaticized in a way where it was fun and not over not overly not over not overly done um, in that sense and then the, the, the failed relationship that he uh, the adulterous relationship that he had with the woman who eventually bore his child when that child was killed. Uh, instantly after birth uh, due to uh, the the color of the child, uh, the baby's skin and things of that nature. You know, to, it was just one of those things in the movie that I thought to myself and I was like, yeah, that would happen. I would imagine that that would happen. Uh, unfortunately, right? But it, within the sense of the movie, it was like it made for a more per- purposeful sense of who Joseph Bologna became. To the revolutionary uh, movement in France at that time. So I thought that was very well uh, put together. Like I said, the story was was well put together. It was very well written, in my estimation. And the way that they were able to put it together uh, with all the different uh, performers' uh, performances was was top notch. I go out and recommend this movie. It is a good time in the movie theater, folks. Um, These movies are very well, very much missed. In theaters, I think, in my belief, uh, I, this is the second movie this year that was more or less like a timepiece to me. The first movie that I watched uh, earlier this year, Emily, uh, which was based in uh, British Victorian times so the eighteen hundreds, um, and that that movie to me was 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 uh, was very good as well. Uh, even though they 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 belong to different times, um, but they were both very well done. I love these these timepiece movies and, and things of that nature can't talk highly enough about this, uh, this movie Chevalier go out and see it. Chevalier Chevalier, whatever you actually say the word uh, rotten tomatoes. Uh, let's talk about it. It is certified fresh. The critics like Chevalier uh, 80%, 97 reviews certified fresh. The audience score at hundred plus verified ratings. Uh, I am one of those ratings. 98% positive for Chevalier so far over the opening weekend, folks. Go out and see Chevalier, uh, Chevalier, uh, however you want to, cover you want to call it. Uh, it is a, it was a, it was a dope movie to watch. Um, I am going to be looking out for more films uh, where Kelvin Harrison Jr. Uh, is acting in it because I thought that he was amazing as Joseph Bologna. Uh, so definitely looking forward to watching this, uh, watching more of his work in the future. So anyway, folks, that's my four films for this roundup. Um, I have some more films to watch this coming week. Uh, matter of fact, tomorrow night I am watching air, uh, the Ben Affleck directed and starring movie, uh, about, um, the making of the air Jordan sneaker. Uh, and then on Friday at 3pm I am watching Sisu uh, the, uh, the movie uh, produced by those fine folks who have helped produce all those different John Wick films, it is a finish uh, 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 it is a finished background and things of that nature so Sisu uh, will be watched, it is going to be a glorious yet violent film <laughs> that I'll be looking forward to on Friday and then I got a I got to make my way around to watching some other films that I wanted to watch this month. Uh, hopefully I, I get to uh, watch Mafia Mama. I, I just wanted to watch it. The, the, the trailers uh, were super cool for it. Um, and also, I don't know if I'll end up watching any of the horror stuff, man, to be to be quite honest. Um, this this early in the year, the horror has really tapped me out. At this point, I didn't feel like there was gonna be that much horror in movie theaters this year, but because they're cheap, they're cheap to make. Um, they we've been inundated, we've been inundated with a lot of horror movies in the theaters. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, uh, Renfield, which is more gore than horror, um, was another movie that, that came out this month um, that I was gonna go see, but I I got turned off to it and stuff like that. Uh, Polite Society. Uh, I might go out and watch that. So keep 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 it on tap, folks, to see as to what uh, the next um, summer films it is that I go and review are. Uh, look out for uh, those podcasts coming to you sooner rather than later. As always, folks, thank you very much for listening to the pod. You are always very much appreciated for the support across the globe. This has been your friendly neighborhood moviegoer, John L. Signing out until next time. Be good to one another. Take care of yourselves and stay safe out there, folks. We live in a very, very harsh world. But we can always find that silver lining one day at a time. Peace.